It's a bitch hunt. 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 We are live from Austin, Boom, Texas. Baby. Two of us are. Two of us are in Austin, Texas right now, plus one very cute dog. That's right, folks. Uh, I'm in Luke's apartment right now. I've visited Luke. Uh, I came to his very city for uh, New Year's and have been here now for four, three, four days. This is my fourth day. Yeah. My fourth and final full day in Austin. And Luke and I have just been chilling like villains, seeing all the awesome food that Austin has to offer and having a having a real dope time beat the entire game of spider-man for ps4 in one night oh man that's exciting (laughs) which they said people said it couldn't be done people said it couldn't be done people especially said that it couldn't be done in about 90 minutes but uh i'm pretty sure we beat it right yeah you can watch it in 90 minutes yeah wow we like beat up a bunch of people and then uh we turned off the ps4 (laughs) (laughs) ah nice that's beating it I, I guess I'll, I'll tell a little bit more of that story. You might appreciate this, Will. So Luke uh, got this PS4 a while back and had put... How many hours would you say you put into that game over the course of many months? You probably put, like, a decent number of hours in. Probably two over the course of three months. <laughs> That's That can't possibly be true. Because what started happening when... I, I really wanted to see what the game was like because I don't have a PS4 and I've heard that the game is really cool. And it is. Um, But we played a couple of missions, and uh, we gained extra skill points. And, uh, like, we got our 24th and 25th skill points last night. Nice. And uh, I asked Luke what he'd been using the skill points to upgrade, and Luke did not know (laughs) that skill points upgraded your character. (laughs) So uh, That's That's like game playing 101, Luke. That, this is the first game I've ever played. This is the first game he's played probably since Tony Hawk under, or what well, was that, American since, Wasteland? Uh, MVP that, Baseball 2005? What was that game that we always played? Uh, oh, Luguru? No, 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 no. Um, <laughs> like, you shoot noodles? What? What is that game? Bubble Struggle? Yeah, bubble Struggle, yeah. <laughs> you shoot noodles? <laughs> you do, kind of. Uh, but that's not a... No, it's not a console game. Luke briefly had a GameCube mm-hmm. that I sold to him because he couldn't find another present for his brothers for their birthday. <laughs> <laughs> so I sold him my GameCube in exchange for the... I sold him my GameCube and like a few games and a couple controllers for the $50 Best Buy gift card that we had gone to Best Buy to use to get his brothers a uh, birthday present. But I'm a gaming noob. He's Luke. I really <laughs> Jacob, when you turned on my ps4 and tried to play it what happened what happened well it, it had to update like five times and <laughs> luke could not navigate the menu he didn't know how to turn the, the ps4 off okay. he did not in, know in how luke's to defense like the first time i like well <laughs> the first several times that i had a, a ps4 i was like um very clueless as to how to navigate it. It's like kind of weird. The I mean, interface it's, for that thing. it's kind of weird, but it's <laughs> fairly intuitive. I mean, basically you just have to scroll through the options until you find the one that you need. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've lived in my apartment since August and had not yet connected it to the internet. That was the, uh, that was the other thing. <laughs> and that's part of why it so, updated like five separate times. I mean, I'm I'm I go hot and cold on gaming too, but like I'm still a little confused as to why you have this thing when <laughs> you don't play it. Well, I got it for pretty cheap. I thought maybe I'll get into gaming. <laughs> I didn't, but I also wanted a Blu-ray player. Yeah. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. I can understand that. Mostly, my Xbox gets used as a Blu-ray player. And to play NBA 2K19, which is one of my shameful secrets. So you Not got really it to play that Fast and Furious collection, right? Yeah, I watch Fast and Furious at least once a week. 
<laughs> the entire all series. Eight. That's what Luke yeah. does instead of gaming. All eight of them, plus Hobbs and Shaw. <laughs> I'll also say, Will, you, you'll, and podcast listeners who like to hear this, on the top of his stack of Blu-rays is Cowboys and Aliens. <laughs> what a thing to have. Right? <laughs> he, he doesn't have a ton of Blu-rays. He has maybe six Blu-rays, and Cowboys and Aliens is on the top of the stack. He well, says funny, because yeah. he got it for free. From There's a lot of it did. options uh, for shitty movies on Netflix and your other streaming platforms, but um, the specific like shitty movies that are so unnotable yet inexplicably <laughs> like too expensive for these streaming platforms to carry... You you need to get those cheap Blu-rays of them, you know? You do, or free ones. He says that he got it for free. I think he's hiding his shame when he's he saying actually that. actually auctioned. I, well, <laughs> it's not even a Blu-ray. It's a DVD. Oh, really? Oh, okay. That's why I got it for free. He, wa- no he one wanted in their right an auction for yet. like $500. <laughs> Cowboys and Aliens Blu-ray. <laughs> the limited edition. <laughs> That's the kind of thing that you keep around, even if you don't really want it. And I wonder what, whether... Uh, Cowboys and Aliens is too expensive for Netflix, or it's just there is just zero interest for it, <laughs> so it's not even worth putting it on there. I mean, it's the probably... real story behind that DVD is that my coworker Lauren, shout out to Lauren, she uh, brought a bunch of DVDs from her house that her housemate had and was getting rid of to give away as like little work perks to people who did well that week, you know, little overachievers. And nobody wanted Cowboys and Aliens. <laughs> they all just flat out refused to take that DVD home, even as a free giveaway. So so I got it. And it's I was got happy negative value. <laughs> <laughs> the weight in the space that it occupies on this planet is actually more of a burden than the entertainment it provides. I don't know that I'd watch uh, a Cowboys and Aliens DVD if I like saw one lying on the street, but I would take the box home with me because I would just it, I would, it would give me a chuckle every time I looked at it <laughs> to remember what it <clears throat> what a stupid movie that was. Yeah, yeah, and that movie I would say is mostly sci-fi, but, but it's got some fantastic elements. Woo! And uh, I believe this week's theme is fantasy. Yes. That's right. So you may remember uh, three-ish episodes back by now when Ted was filling in uh, as a guest pitcher for Will because Will was in uh, Hawaii on his belated honeymoon. Is that fair to say? Mahalo. Uh, Ted recommended that the next episode... We asked Ted to decide what the theme of the next episode would be, and Ted decided on fantasy... Um, but then the next episode, we unexpectedly had our gigantic star guest, Luke's friend Maddie, yeah, stage of or star of stage and screen, uh, and then it was Ted on the tens, um, yeah. and Ted did not want to do fantasy, I guess, or he had already planned what his movie was going to be. In, in any case, Ted marches we, to the beat of his own drum, man. Ted does march to the beat of his own. This drum. is really Ted's point, podcast. We're just point. all living in it. <laughs> My point was, we promised you a fantasy episode, and I'm sure that there were uh, droves of you out there who were licking your chops, uh, hoping that that would be the next one up. Um, but I think that our last two episodes have been fantastic, even though they weren't fantasy. But this one is going to be fantasy and may or may not be fantastic. So I think it's been a pattern lately, Jacob, that you're the only person who's prepared anything. Yeah. So why don't you go first? I could go first. It's not even okay. I, I just I'm gonna take a moment to to gently chide both of you. It's not that you, it's not that you need to write something down. Like Luke I know, was, but Luke I, was feverishly tip tapping away at his phone while we were eating some BBQ before this, trying to come up with an idea. All it takes is just to think about it. So that's literally all I ever do. I don't write anything down. I just consider it. I don't. Yeah, I don't do that. Why? Why? Why do you not do that? I don't know, man. Do you not care about? I don't the, know. Do you not care about the podcast? No, I do. I I've been wanting to get back on the on the train, do some mental preparation. I don't understand because you're what right. The That's the only kind of preparation is. you need. 
Yeah, I, I will. I think is beyond saving. There's some hope to get Luke back onto preparing at least an idea, but will. Well, because at least I have prepared in the past. <laughs> I have true. like infinite pitches. They just all live in the present, you know. Uh, okay. <laughs> if you say so. Uh, the beautiful I, present. I, d- I do have a. I have the the uh, the rough outline of an idea in my in my brain hall. So I'm happy to go first. Um. So one of my. And I think it's safe to say all of our favorite fantasy series is that's is this is where you guess. The Lord I of think the you Rings. want me to say Lord of the Rings. <laughs> is that not one of your favorite fantasy series? Uh, I like Warcraft. <laughs> you uh, are, since I'm such a big gamer. You were so funny. You were so funny, Luke. Lord of the uh, I love Lord of the Rings. Uh, I know Will loves Lord of the Rings. No, I, know, I, do too. I know I, that I do. Luke's uh, soon-to-be replacement, Ted, loves Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. Ted and Will and I, in fact, once, well, multiple times had Lord of the Rings marathons, but once had it. I was never invited. <laughs> you were, in, I think you were invited. You just didn't want to <laughs> no, come. You I mean, you were either not invited because we knew you would say no, or you were invited <laughs> and you promptly said no. You yeah. Know? That's, don't turn this around on us, Luke. <laughs> That's why I like Warcraft. Oh, fair enough. <laughs> In any case, I, I there is a tiny anecdote that I'd like to tell about one particular Lord of the Rings marathon that Will and Ted oh, and I man, had. Oh man, this is this is fucking canon, man. This is an old time story. <laughs> Where we we had decided something about Ted, which we may have mentioned on the podcast, is that uh, the house he grew up in had an awesome basement for hanging out in. Um, it was just expansive and cool both physically and stylistically um, and temperature wise that's kind of what i was saying with the physically thing oh, but temperature wise sure, is, sure, is sure, a better sure, is sure. a better way better way of saying that um had the awesome chairs for us to sit in but one of the the greatest parts of it is that there was a fridge down there um a full fridge uh the bottom fridge part would be stocked with fresca and the freezer portion would be packed the gills with uh, freezy pops. I'm sorry, mm. I've got to do like a sidebar within a sidebar and just say Go, like, Fresca yes, is so fucking good, dude. Like, we, how do they do it? Like, Luke and that's I, probably Luke. the 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 chemistry <laughs> achievement of all time is making Fresca. Like, fuck, that stuff is good. A hundred percent. And Luke and I were literally talking about that. I think yesterday. It's a good drink. It's an incredible drink. But this, the, the, the biggest part of this story is actually not the Fresca, but the Freezy Pops. Uh, so Will and Ted and I got it in our minds that we were going to get 300 Freezy Pops, and each one of us was going to eat 100 of those Freezy Pops over the course of the, like, 11 <laughs> hours, 11 to 12 hours that the three extended Lord of the Rings movies were. Um, Seems like something I would have enjoyed had I been invited. <laughs> Like it's so great because they're like like so large and flavorful, but they they really are basically like chips. Like they don't they go down so easy, you know. They, and you always the, want another one. So that that's kind of what we thought going into this. Um, what actually happened during that marathon is Will left for part of it. <laughs> Plot twist. Plot twist. I got bored too. <laughs> Will got bored. Will also only had like 20 freezies, <laughs> which left 280 freezies for me and Ted to finish. Um, There's which, a long history of us making a pack to communally eat or imbibe things and then me just like piecing out <laughs> and not doing my job. <laughs> That's very, very, that's very true, Will. You need, is that still a thing in your life? Uh, I mean, I don't know. I do, I definitely do the fair share of eating between me and my spouse, so. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, but anyway, to wrap this story up, Ted, no, Ted and I did not finish the 280 freezies between the two of us, though we tried valiantly. I had like 130 of them, and Ted, I think, had 90-some, or maybe even 100. Um, but the aftermath of that, was that the I did not have a bowel movement that day. Uh, the next day, I took a very, very large poo, and it was like bright neon green. <laughs> 
which is one of the most alarming things that I've ever seen while looking down the toilet after after I, doing my business in there. I can't remember. Did you did you take a picture of it? I I'm, I think I probably did. Listeners, we'll post it on the website. <laughs> if we can, if we Jacob can, can track that down. If you can dig that up, that picture from about 12 years ago. You know what? We'll do one better. We'll make it the new pitch hunt icon <laughs> in your streaming app of choice. <laughs> and you know what? If we can't find the picture, I am more than happy to recreate the experiment. <laughs> yeah, let's go. Tonight, Jacob, we'll get 130 freeze pops. We can do that. and we'll, Instead of watching it over the course of three uh, Lord of the Rings movies, we can eat it over the course of the cage that we're going to tonight. <laughs> cage yeah, yeah. That's Which dope. I guess we should probably mention that too. Yeah, we're going to Nicolas Cage comedy roast. <laughs> sort of. Featuring video clips from all the best Cage moments. And we're Is both pretty be there? excited. I don't Man know. I, 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 I do not know if he's going to be there. I would expect that he's definitely not going to be there. Because <laughs> I don't think there's really any reason to think that he would. But he's a strange man. He's a strange so. man. He shows up in weird places. He's kind of one of those Bill Murray characters. Like I saw a picture of him uh, from New Year's Eve. And he was just at this like random bar in a small town in England on New Year's Eve, and he bought all of the drinks for everybody in the bar. That's amazing. So you never know. He may come to Austin. It is a city with a lot of character. Uh, it's weird. Yeah. That's that's kind of its tagline. So you're pitching. Right. <laughs> right. I'm pitching. <laughs> so my... Uh, 16 minutes in. My, yeah, no, this has got to be a new record, I think. <laughs> But it's all, it's all really good content. So, <laughs> Listeners can be the judge of that. Um, my pitch is partially set inside uh, the Lord of the Rings expanded universe. Um, but not, uh, not immediately. The, the movie opens uh, in a small town in New Zealand. And uh, there is a young lad played by... That guy, <laughs> Taika? No, 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 no. But he was in a the Taika kid. Film. Yeah, the kid from Hunt for the Wilder People, Julian Dennison. That's his name. From Hunt for the Wilder People and Deadpool Two, the uh, the delightfully fluffy young man from Deadpool Two and the Sam Elliott's, uh, I think, adopted son in Hunt for the Wilder People. Really funny dude, talented actor, uh, great guy all around is a Kiwi. So Julian Dennison uh, lives with his family in this small town in New Zealand. Um, and the rest of his family is going to be played by Stephen Adams and his family. Now, for those of you who don't know, Stephen Adams is uh, a center for the Oklahoma <laughs> City Thunder basketball team from New Zealand. And he is one of, I think, 13 children that his uh, in his family, and uh, he is one of the shorter ones, and he is okay. seven feet tall. So these are all gigantic people. Several of his sisters, I think, were Olympic gold medalists and like shot put and stuff. So they're all real big, and Julian Dennison gets made up fun of constantly because he is the runt of the bunch. Um, and so this makes him very sad. He doesn't like being made fun of. Uh, by all of his siblings because he's so puny. Uh, so he becomes best friends with the family's Roomba, um, <laughs> robotic robotic vacuum cleaner. So um, one day, Julian, he just decides he needs to get out of the house, you know? He needs to go uh, get himself out of this, this unpleasant... Uh, this unpleasant situation that he's in, and he goes exploring... And his Roomba buddy goes with him. And they're going along the road, and they see a path that goes off into a, I don't know, like a wooded area, I guess. And uh, he and the Roomba are bouncing around the path, bouncing down. Uh, they're going darker, deeper in, into the dark wood. And suddenly, Julian turns, and the Roomba is, is gone. Oh, no. Oh no! He's and he looks around and he realizes that he has started. <laughs> the trail has gone next, to, basically, uh, wound over next to uh, like a gorge. 
And at the bottom of the gorge, he sees the Roomba that is uh, meekly trying to get up the side of the gorge, but is unable to do so. But it's still intact. It's still intact, yeah. Because Roomba makes a quality product. <laughs> Roomba does make a quality product. Roomba, do you like to advertise for us? <laughs> I would love a free Roomba myself. I've never had one. I would love to have one. Roombas are great. But this Roomba is at the bottom of a gorge now. Not so good. So Julian uh, finds a way to get down to the Roomba. Um, but as a result of the fall, the Roomba is still functional, but it's like its navigation system is a little messed up. So it's uh, just kind of wandering around. He like he, he it, it was on its back or something, and he puts it back upright, and then it just kind of zooms off in a, a different direction, and it zooms into a cave. And uh, Julian goes running after it because this is his best friend, of course, and he he doesn't want the room to get lost in the cave. So it goes further and further into the cave, and then eventually uh, he reaches what seems to be a dead end with only a small crack at the bottom uh, of this wall that the Roomba has gone of, gone under. Um, and he is, he's distraught. Uh, this Roomba is his only friend in life. I'm not sure if I've mentioned that yet. Several times, yeah. <laughs> so he starts uh, bashing this wall, and he bashes and he bashes, and he bashes some more, and finally the wall caves in, and to his shock, there is a mysterious portal on the other side of this wall. Whoa. Yes. Mm. It's all like kind of dimly glowing and mysterious and it has some strange runic language around the edge of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but the Roomba is nowhere to be seen. And so Julian is like, well, odds are the Roomba went into that portal, right? And like, what's the worst thing that could happen? I could die horribly, but that's my best friend we're talking about. So he goes through the portal. And he steps through, and at first, uh, everything seems to be more or less the same. Um, and he walks a few steps forward and sees the Roomba off in the distance in the cave, and so runs after it. Um, looks back, and the spot where the portal was, it's just a, it's a sheer rock wall. Uh, and not the kind of rock wall that you could bash in with your hands. But he's like, mm-hmm. this is a problem for me to be worrying about later, because i got to get my Roomba. Yeah. Um, so he goes, grabs, grabs Roomba. Roomba is safe, um, but they need to find a way out of this cave. And so they go a trekking, and uh, it seems to be a relatively normal cave, you know, other than, you know, the odd weird animal that skitters by that he barely notices, but the audience sees. And he comes out of this cave, and wouldn't you know it, he's in Middle Earth. What? He has. What? come out of this cave and he is now on the outskirts of the Shire. So, so what era of Middle Earth is this? Is there trouble of Bruin? Well, he, at first he's not sure. I, I'm not I don't think he should know what Lord of the Rings is. I think that would be silly. So how what does do you he think? How do we know? Well, because yeah. it's the Shire. <laughs> Like, it's very overtly the Shire. Like There's some, like, hobbits. Howard Shore music kick in, too. Yeah, yep. Sick, All right, I'm in it again. Yeah. Um, basically, he, he rolls up to a house, and, like, there's a hobbit Round there. door. Yeah, there's a round door. There's a little garden with some, some odd little vegetables in it, and then there's an angry... Angry little curly-haired hobbit who comes out smoking a pipe and yelling at him to get off his lawn. <laughs> um, so he kind of treks through the town, he's just looking around, and there's all this delightful hobbity stuff going on. And then eventually makes it to uh, this building that has a lot of people around it and in it. And it turns out it is uh, the local pub. Mm. And. He is, of course, you know, human child size, so he is larger than <laughs> most of the hobbits. Uh, but, I mean, he's not like he's not going in to get some drink, but just keep that in mind. So he goes in, and wouldn't you know it, there in the bar, in the pub, are sitting Samwise Gamgee and Rosie Cotton. Oh, my gosh. Uh, surrounded by their preteen children. Oh, wow. Whoa. So it is in this moment that we realize that this is, it's set, you know, 
Safe times. Ten or twelve years right after the the end of Return of the King. Okay. Safety has, you know, relative stability has has returned to Middle Earth, but uh. So this the know. Shire, the whole scourging of the Shire, they they got over that. Well, I mean, even by the end of Return of the King and the movie version, they you know oh, sure. things were pretty, okay, yeah, things yeah, were pretty yeah, happy yeah, again yeah, in the yeah, in the yeah. in the Shire. Sam and Rosie were making babies, and everyone was relatively happy. Other than, yeah. well, I mean, everybody was. It was bittersweet, of course. Uh, and Sean Astin has aged exactly fifteen years since that movie came out. Dude, you're totally right. Well, actually, it's more than fifteen years now. So it's it's, it's been more than yeah, it's been more than fifteen years. But the the, the point is the these these little these little ch- these little children these little gam gamgee children are more or less Julian Dennison's age. Um, and so Samwise and Rosie being the kind folk they are, uh, basically tell, uh, tell Julian what's been going on or not what's been going on, but they, they tell them, tell him what is happened to him. Like, he's like, what is this place? I would just came from my small town in New Zealand and now here I am in the Shire, um, that he doesn't know is the Shire, but they tell him that it's the Shire, and he's like, "Oh dang, this is not where I'm from, but it seems pretty cool." Were you gonna say something, Luke? No. <laughs> <laughs> I just uh, this New Zealand that doesn't know of Lord of the Rings must be a strange one. <laughs> I mean, I feel like it's like the crux of their economy at it, this point. It probably is. I don't know. I, I, I'm not completely 100% on, on that. Maybe they do know about Lord of the Rings, and maybe... You know what? Sure. Lord of the Rings exists in this New Zealand, too. So, And Julian is a huge fan. This completely changes <laughs> <laughs> the tone of his first while in the Shire. But he's, 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 like super, he's super stoked, and he's super stoked to meet Sam and Rosie. But something's amiss. Sam and Rosie seem happy, but it seems like there's something something up in the Shire. Okay. And what has happened is uh, a young hobbit has gone missing. Oh. And so, uh, also in the Shire, <laughs> they've kind of reverted back to the the attitude of pre-Bilbo going on the journey, which is that hobbits don't really like go adventuring and stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, Sam and, you know, Frodo and Merry and Pippin, Frodo being off in the West, but I think Sam and Merry and Pippin all having stayed in the Shire, they're regarded as heroes, but the tales of the extreme danger that had been in kind of have convinced the, the other hobbits that although that was a cool thing that happened, it was a desperate times kind of thing. And adventuring is really not, really not something that they're going to do regularly. But... Some of Sam and Rosie's children are of a different opinion. Oh. And are like, there is this kid that has gone missing. We've heard all these awesome stories from Papa and Uncle Mary and Uncle Pip. And uh, we, ought to, we ought to go out and try to find this kid. Yeah. Right? Like, there is a, there is a built-in incredible adventure here for us. And uh, it would be a shame for us not to take it. And Julian's all like... Yo, I am super in. Like, I'm super into that. And also, I have this Roomba, which is <laughs> crazy because they don't really have technology of that kind. Yeah, does that change things there? Not immediately, because it's just like this weird little disc thing, and they, they don't really have a concept of what it is. How's he going to charge it? <laughs> That's the thing. <laughs> That's the thing, Luke. With magic. You've, stum- you've stumbled upon the thing, which is that. So basically, what happens? I got to speed this up a little bit. Basically, what happens is they they uh, decide Julian and some of the some of the, the, the little kitties decide that they're going to go off on an adventure to find this missing uh, this missing boy, and uh, they have to sneak off in the dead of night because they have they've had a, there's a beautiful and dramatic scene where. Uh, Sam and Mary and Pippin, who are still all very close, have caught on that they're little kitties. Uh, <laughs> I guess Mary and Pippin also each have their own children, too. And so some of those children are going to join in the adventure as well. And they've all, Mary, Pippin, and Sam have realized that something's afoot. And they sit down with their children and they have a beautiful, heartwarming uh, talk about how, you know, 
adventures made them heroes, but the reality of it is that they lost some very close friends along the way, and they were in grave danger, and they very nearly all almost died. And it's heartrending, and it's beautiful, and it features some phenomenal acting from the 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 big three. But the kids are like, nah, like they're just <laughs> they just want all the glory for themselves or something. They're they're unmoved by this. They're not old enough to have this message sink in. So they're like, they decide to steal off in the dead of night, and they do so. And Julian goes along with them because he's got that itch for adventure inside of him. And so they take off. Um, they take off basically, and uh, they trek and they trek and. They along the way they you know they meet some friends they meet meet Gimli's son. <laughs> no, no, that didn't happen. That wouldn't make sense because I'm pretty sure Gimli left on the ship that went to the west. Um, but they meet like a they meet a young dwarf. They meet a young elf, um, and they all of them, uh, although they be, maybe because they've been living in peaceful times, are looking for a little excitement. So they mm-hmm. join up with them, and they have this merry little band. Um, um, and can the, eventually, uh, can the can the elf be played by Kit Harrington? Because he looks exactly <laughs> like Orlando Bloom. He, he, he kind of does it. I feel like he's a little old. He's got to be oh, at least in his like, like mid to late twenties. Yeah, sure, 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 sure. Yeah. But I, well, he could be. He could be. He'll be somebody that they meet. He'll be an elf that they meet for sure. Elves, um, elves reach puberty way faster than humans, but then they just stay there for like hundreds of years. I think that's how it works. We'll say that's how it works. So they meet Kit Harrington, who looks like a grown man, but is actually seven years old. Yeah. <laughs> and so he'll act like a seven-year-old, <laughs> which will be just delightful. Uh, but in any case, they, you know, they, they're going around. They're seeing a lot of sights. They're seeing a lot of familiar Lord of the Rings places. Um, they meet up with uh, Treebeard at one point. Like, they're, they're really adventuring. Like, they're really going, going for it. Um, and but what they're hearing from all around is that nobody's really seen this kid that's gone missing uh and the rumor on the street was that this kid was of a like mind like he was like a free spirit and really wanted to get out of the shire and see the world so they figured that he would have you know what their original thought is is that this this story of the incredible journey that the the fellowship took um, has become, you know, already in the short time between when it happened and the present, it's become like a mythic adventure. <laughs> um, and so they're thinking that more likely than not, at one of the places that they visit, somebody will have heard or seen something of this of this kiddo. But they're striking out until they stumble upon a. Uh, an old stone cabin uh, deep in the woods. Cool. And inside yeah. of this cabin lives a wizard. Ooh. Um, who I had decided on an actor who would play him, but... I Rowan mean, Atkinson? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> it is 100% played by Rowan Atkinson, who plays it completely straight. <laughs> But Rowan Atkinson is a, a legendary sorcerer, uh, young and not very young. He's like probably about 60 by now, so he's not a young sorcerer. He's just a sorcerer in the woods. And he tells them that he has not seen this kid that went missing, but he... Uh, I have he not has, seen the kid who has gone missing... Is that is that good? I, I can't. I I mainly sounded, know him from Mr. Bean, where he doesn't really talk that much. That's that sounded a lot like Yoda. Yeah, it sounded like a distant relative of Mr. Bean. That could yeah, it could be a distant relative of Mr. Bean, the Wizard Bean, Bean the Brown. Um, but so he he hasn't seen this kid, but he he has kind of like. A, He's sort of a Radagast-like character in that. So he like, is like just super fucking high, just blazing all the time. Well, not so much that as <laughs> in, as that he has like a really uh, innate connection with the lands, 
and can like in 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 Rowan Atkinson's case, he can kind of like sense when things are out of the ordinary that are going on. Yeah, basically. Anyway, uh, what he's sensed is that there has been like some kind of rift that has happened. And they're like, well, yeah, you know, Julian came through a portal. Um, you know, that's that's kind of like probably what you were sensing. And Rowan is like, no, it was more than that. Not only did we gain something, which is you, young man, we also lost something. And so what they have ascertained is that at this very... Well, it's, I mean, they don't just kind of realize it at the... Well, I mean, they kind of do just realize it at that moment. At the moment that Julian Dennison entered uh, Middle-earth, the young hobbit was taken away. And to Earth, though. Our Earth, right? Yes. Yeah. Oh. And what has happened is he has come to our Earth. And at this point, um, we'll just quickly talk about this young hobbit. This young hobbit, indeed stumbles out of the cave that Julian Dennison had stumbled into, and we see this now, and um, ended up basically... Uh, he found his way to Julian's Dennison's home <laughs> and has kind of been adopted by their family. Um, nice people. <laughs> but the thing about this hobbit, which we don't learn until this point, is he had been bullied because he was bigger than your average hobbit. Uh, <laughs> uh, I think I think I know where you're going here. And the other th- the other thing is he's also played by Julian Dennison. <laughs> <laughs> so wait, no one when they saw Julian Dennison stumble in told him this. There's there's enough of a di- <laughs> there's enough of a difference. They do mention they mention they're like oh. You look kind of like this this hobbit, this young hobbit that went missing, but they they don't look like completely identical. They maybe Hobbits have like are more, different hair uh, or something. They're they're more aware, they're more perceptive than humans. Right. They don't they don't go off of just looks. They, they have can keener tell eyes. They go by smell, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and he smells completely different. Though they, though he may look nearly identical, he smells completely different. Um, but basically. Uh, we come to find out that uh, little Hobbit actually he likes being the smallest one for once because he was like bigger than his parents, mm-hmm. and so he likes being a part of this family of giants, uh, and he feels like he fits in, like he he uh, he's able to josh around with these these friendly giants. They can toss him around. They too. can toss him around, and he likes being tossed around because nobody could toss him back in Hobbiton. They're all too tiny. Um, and so it's basically at this point that uh, young Julian in Middle-earth discovers that maybe he doesn't want to go back, which isn't really something that <laughs> I had talked about at all anyway. But throughout this, entire, throughout this entire journey, he's been kind of thinking about how it might be possible and like asking people if it would be possible for him to get back to from whence he came. But what he realizes is He's actually much happier living in uh, living in Middle Earth, and I mean, the, if he's a big Lord of the Rings fan, then you don't have to do that much explaining. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's <laughs> true. It's true. Um, but the so the the wizard tells them all this, and then is kind of like, "Well, you guys, you really ought to get back. Your your lovely parents are probably worried sick." And so they make their way back, and uh, their parents have indeed been worried sick about them but are just very happy to see that their children are home safe. And also, there's a glimmer of pride in their eyes. Because yeah. although they've been telling them that, you know, the, the life of an adventurer is dangerous and should not be done, they all, they all do have kind of fond memories of that, that great journey that they took. Um, because life is, although life has been less stressful since then, it, uh, it it turned them into the into the loving fathers, <laughs> the loving <laughs> fathers and husbands that they were. <laughs> so that Roomba was dead for a while, right? That's an, that's another thing that I was <laughs> that I was going <laughs> I was going to talk more about. So the Roomba, yes, was slowly dying uh, over the course of this, and at one point, like Julian hadn't really been thinking about that, but then uh, it, it, there's a very emotional scene when the Roomba 
its its battery light has been blinking for a while, and then f- finally the battery light goes out. But when they get to the wizard, uh, the wizard is able to harness the power of electricity of and supercharge Roomba, so that it'll <laughs> be charged forever and for always. Oh man! Whoa. And uh, so basically, what happens is uh, Julian goes back, uh, and since uh, there are no more Bagginses left, and that house has remained empty. People just kind of let him have the old, uh, <laughs> the old Frodo and Bilbo Baggins Hobbit hole, oh, nice. and he decides to stay there. And meanwhile, the Hobbit, <laughs> the Hobbit that went missing, uh, decides that he likes being on Earth better, and so he just decides to stay there too. He was an orphan. Wait, by the I way. thought you said they, they. I thought you said they made their way home. They made their way. Julian and and the the Hobbit boys made their way back to the shop. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. And that's basically, I've way overgone my time Dude, already. Dude, Jacob, so we're not that was gonna... <laughs> a phenomenal and very well thought out pitch. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Concise, maybe not, but uh Well, because it was so well thought out. <laughs> I appreciate that. Yeah, let's uh, ship it. Yeah, I right. ship it. Ship it straight ship to it Middle to Gondor. Earth. To Gondor. Ah. Oh. They're taking the Roomba to Isengard. They're taking the Roomba to Isengard. <laughs> to Isengard, to Isengard, to Isengard. Okay, can I do a blitz pitch? Yeah, yeah, blitz pitch. Sure. All right, so we got some elves, right? Yeah, elves. Yeah. They live in like a magical forest of some kind. Dude, are, nice. Are they the Keebler elves? They could be the Keebler elves. Yeah, this could be the Keebler elves movie. Nice. Mm-hmm. So one of the Keebler elves, I don't know their names. We'll call them Keeby. Uh huh. Yeah, Keeby. So Keeby, right? Mm-hmm. She has the ability to stop time. Holy nice. Shit. <sighs> and when this species of cookie gobblers comes along. <laughs> Kibi's like, oh shoot, I better stop time or we're gonna get cookie gobbled by these cookie gobblers. Uh-huh. Man, uh-huh. yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah? Uh-huh. You with me? I'm with you. Yeah, so I, she I mean, I time. hate getting my cookies gobbled unless it's like, you know. Also, this is going at such a breakneck pace that I feel like I'm gonna have a hard time keeping up, but keep going. She freezes time. Oh. She freezes time. And right. So there's some cookie gobblers in, in the process of getting at those cookies, but haven't made they're it. They're all yet. frozen. There, there's a war that's about to break out. Oh, man. And she doesn't want that to happen. She knows there'll be a lot of death for both the Keebler elves and for the cookie gobbler species. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Kibi is a peaceful sort. Mm-hmm. So she wants to prevent that bloodshed right. slash cookie shed. It's good of her. And freezes time. I don't know if I mentioned that yet. Oh, but okay. she does. Wow. Stop. How does she do that? She just can. So it's a magic elf trait she's got. Does she like but it's very her rare. She's the only one who can do it. Gotcha. Um, and she realizes that the only solution to this is to create an environment where the cookie gobblers can live and be satisfied without having to resort to eating her family and friends and community. So I'd imagine that that's their livelihood. That was their livelihood. The and cookie, whose livelihood? The, the cookies are the Keebler elves' livelihood. Yeah, they make, <laughs> they make cookies. You know? Sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> I forgot that the elves weren't made out of cookies. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, i got to start my pitch uh, over. That explains it. No, that's okay. okay. It's okay. So it's, a, it's a species of elves that are also made out of cookies. Uh. <laughs> Okay, gotcha. Now the stakes are even higher. But they also make cookies for their livelihood. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Wait, okay, just real quick. Do they procreate to make these cookies, or do they bake these cookies? When they procreate, elf living elf cookies come out. But they can bake cookies as well. 
and that's their livelihood. Much in the way that humans can bake gingerbread men. Yes. But gingerbread men aren't sentient. Right. <laughs> and le- they probably are. But they don't bake sentient cookies either. Right. That's that's what and I was kind of She, Kibi throws together a plan to make thousands of gingerbread houses Ooh. for the cookie gobblers to live in and eat. Okay. Okay. The second part of her plan is to teach them how to also bake gingerbread cookies and make their own houses. So it's a sustainable thing. That is the classic teach a man to fish versus give a man a fish scenario. (laughs) So Kibi sets off, starts building. And this point of the film is going to be like uh, HGTV renovation style. (laughs) Like knock down, build them up type thing. Dude, fantasy HGTV is something I didn't know I wanted my whole life until just now. So, yeah, they'll be, like, talking about how mid-century modern gumdrops are all the rage right now. (laughs) Stuff like that. (laughs) So, Kibi sets off, right? She builds these thousand houses. And then uh, she goes back to her home. She's about to unfreeze time. But she sees, um, for some reason, she's been building homes without any mirrors in them. And in her home, she has a mirror. And she sees that she's just hella old now. Oh, no. Like, she lost track of time because building homes is fun. Oh, no. But a thousand homes is a lot of homes. It's a lot of homes. It took her decades. Oh, God. And now she's, like, just withered and old. And she looks like a cookie nobody would want to eat. Even the cookie cobblers. Oh, that's sad. Yeah, it's real sad. So has this entire movie from up until this point been from her point of view so we didn't get to see her until she looks in the mirror? Yeah. Okay, yeah. cool. I like that. First person. Um, so there was a montage that seemed like it is just going by lickety split, but really it was decades. Yeah, this is basically Hardcore Henry rebooted. Sure. With slightly different themes. Sure, sure, sure just slightly. <laughs> Um, but she wants to say goodbye to her family. Sure. So she unfreezes time and they come to her and they're like, Hey, all the cookie gobblers decided to stop fighting and go live in this cool new community that we didn't know existed. Mm. That's right next door. Yeah. She's like, Oh, fancy that. And they're like, Oh, Hey, also you're super old. That's weird. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, she's like, yeah, guess what? I froze time. For several decades and built all those homes. And now I'm about to die. But I love you all. And I guess goodbye. But her brother-in-law, Todd. Oh, Oh, Todd. Todd. He's like, wait a minute. He's my favorite Keebler elf. I heard about these uh, Snap Crackle Pop guys. No way. Oh, my God. A couple counties over. No way. (laughs) And one of them can reverse the flow of time. Oh, what? So, she goes on a zany adventure with lots of, like, riddles she has to solve along the way in order to get to Snap, Crackle, Popville. Wow. And the happy ending is that, I guess, it can be Crackle. Crackle can reverse the flow of time just in her body oh. and oh. get her back to where she needs to be. Does he fall in love with her in the process? Yeah. And then they make a delicious baby snack. A delicious rice crispy. Yeah. Because the Snap, Crackle, and Pop are also made out of rice in this movie. <laughs> they made out of rice or rice krispies? Well, rice krispies. Okay. Okay. They're not a. They're they not how they like appear on the, on the or carton. something. Wow. Wow. Dude, that's. Very and then funny. this whole movie is just designed to sell this new snack. <laughs> <laughs> Which will be sold in the theater where you watch it. The marriage a, between, is it Nabisco and General Mills? That sounds I right. Know. I think General Mills makes Rice Krispies. I'm not sure about Keebler Elves. Yeah, I don't know, but I want to wrap this up. Okay. So do we ship it or don't we ship it? <laughs> Dude, I ship the fuck out of that. No, well, the, the snack, at least. I, I don't know about w- the movie. wish I had heard more and therefore wish that I hadn't taken two-thirds of the time <laughs> that we have for just my pitch. <laughs> I don't think this pitch would have come out the way it did. I'll still not, ship the so. hell out of it. Yeah, oh, it was enough. a fast bake. Fair enough. That was beautiful. Please recommend
and sometimes there's songs. Go, Will, okay. go. All right, here's my pitch. Um, so Jack and Jill, no, Jack and the Beanstalk. Jack, yes. Jack gets some, gets a, gets a bean, goes up, you know, finds the, finds the, ch- the giant, the giant, the, ch- the giant is kind of all like, yo, uh, not by the hair on my chinny chin chin. He kills the giant somehow. I can't remember how that shakes down. And he, I um, think he throws and, a bean at him, and he definitely says, "Not by the hair on my chinny chin chin." That's definitely and, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he, <laughs> and then, and then, and then, giant dies. We all know the story, right? Cut to 15 years later. Okay. Yeah. Uh, can I just pause there? Yeah. Listeners out there who do not know that story, I'm going <laughs> to... That is really gross. <laughs> um, I, I'm going to re- recommend that you uh, you familiar, familiarize yourself with the Jack and the Beanstalk story so that the rest of this uh, this pitch isn't a mystery to you. Yeah. I mean, the, the critical information you need to know is... Um, there are magic beans that create these giant ass stalks that go up into the clouds and giants live in the clouds and they're really fucking rich. Like they got like crazy gold, but they're also really mean and you don't want to like go into their houses because they'll, they'll kill you. Um, so this becomes, you know, this happened for the first time with Jack, but it becomes like common knowledge throughout the kingdom that you can do this. And, and first the only one bean peddler like has the, this particular strain of magic bean, but then it gets sort of mass produced. Like it suddenly becomes much, much more easy to procure yourself magic beans. That'll make these, sure. these long bean stalks. So there's like tons of long, long bean stalks everywhere. And like, there's a bunch of, kingdom uh members of the kingdom who are just constantly going up and 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 fucking trying to steal gold and it's super dangerous like it's like a really tough living to go Mm -hmm. up there because you might get killed by the giant but like it's also super super lucrative and the economy is just like going fucking crazy with all of this gold um So, um, that's kind of the state of affairs. The giants are like super, like super angry about this. I mean, it's basically like a vermin problem, you know? Um, yeah, it, yeah, almost and, literally is a vermin problem. And so they go to their sort of arch mage, their, their, their high wizard, um, up there in Can the sky. Can he be played by Mr. Bean? Um, he's played by Mr. Bean and he's like, <clears throat> I, I will start, uh, I will start, uh, Breeding my own, <laughs> he sounds just wow, like Arnold Schwarzenegger. I will start breeding like my own uh, magical root vegetable that will allow <laughs> us to go down to the the puny humans, and we will take them. So, uh, so ooh, yeah, like he's gonna this. he's not gonna be Rowan. He's gonna be he's gonna be Arnold. So Arnold, nice. Um, uh, he's gonna he's gonna do that so that uh. He creates this. He's like working on this magic root vegetable, right? And what kind of um, root vegetable are we talking, man? It's like a yam. A it's like a magic taro? yam. I feel like a yeah. Okay, I was gonna suggest a really long carrot, or maybe a so ginger. I, How about ginger? Magic ginger. ginger? Is okay. Really weird and lumpy, but um, you can do yeah, it's like super fucking do. ugly ginger. Yeah. You know, because okay. it's like evil giants <laughs> who are making it. Sure, um, sure, sure, sure. But like he's working on this. He's got like a, a sort of a botanical factory uh, lab kind of going as he's working on all these strains. And there, it's 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 like a tough science to 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 crack. You know, mm-hmm. um, as, as most biology is. What? They're so big. Why can't they just step down? They can't. This is this is like a rule. Uh, I guess I should have explained this earlier. Like, it, it's only magical plants that will facilitate the 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 transition. And the, these magic beanstalks are too tiny for the for the giants. Like, okay, they're mm-hmm. not able to they're not able to go down. But but this giant ass root vegetable because it grows down. It's all about the direction of the growing as yeah, well I as think, the size. You know. I think I think we got that. Okay. Yeah. Cool. So anyway, um. <laughs> We, he's, he's working on this. It's failing in a lot of funny, spectacular ways. Um, meanwhile, like Jack, his son, uh, who's going to be played by that New Zealand guy. What's his name? Taika Waititi. No, 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 no. The guy from your pitch. (laughs) Oh, Julian Dennison. Yeah. Julian Dennison. He's, he's, he's going to sneak up there. Um, 
he's always wanted to go up there, but his parents are kind of conservative. They're like, we don't take part in this this crazy sky economy. We, we're just normal, dignified farmers. But their farm is doing kind of bad, so he has to like go up there. Sure. Uh, and he 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 sneaks up. He he uh, secretly at night. <laughs> <laughs> uh, plants this beanstalk in his backyard and just hopes that his parents don't notice and and he like goes goes up into the sky uh and he happens to they happen to be right under this this wizard's uh lab and he like he 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 like is trying to like get some steal some gold but he like doesn't have it in his heart to kill giants and he's like um kind of you know he's nervous it's his first time right so he like just yeah. kind of like bum bumbles around and, and knocks over things and he's like clearly like out of his element but he he by pure luck like is able to he he oversees this um this this plot to create this this like apocalyptic root vegetable that's gonna sure. destroy all of the surface world and so, so Yes. Can, I, can I ask a question quickly, Will? Yeah. So might there be like a like a blackboard in this wizard's uh, this wizard's lair where he's doing some calculations or something? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. He's doing some <laughs> calculations, and uh-huh. that he just like he he keeps on like having to like subtract off like bigger numbers and he like just has no fucking clue he just does not know how to do it he's like shit there's this other place and i don't know i don't know how to do it so he's like he's like really stumped he just doesn't he he can't he can't figure this out yet right Uh uh-huh so anyway um (laughs) oh julian dennison he like goes down um and he's like terrified right um and he he like immediately is like er, like I'm I'm sorry but like there's this horrible plot they're gonna they're gonna come and and destroy us all and and he he goes to the to the to the king the high magistrate he goes to to everyone in power and he's like you gotta listen to me like the apocalypse is nigh um, and they're all like no this is this is totally fine like what are we gonna do not go up and and get magic magic gold like our economy is based on it right like right it's just it's all there it's just there uh, like even if this were true which it's not it's totally fake news but like even if it were true like uh, the economic sacrifice of not having giant gold is just too much we can't do anything about it um so like everybody isn't listening to him right Right. And then finally, meanwhile, up in the up in the sky, um, our our wizard, he's like, oh, I just found out that if you take the zero and you yes. and you carry it, it <laughs> yes. works. And, the, and there's a clap of lightning well. and he and he and he cackles hysterically. <laughs> and and, and, the, and the lightning is from like the ground. So it's like extra nice. spir- scary. It like it like below lights his his face, you know, like you do oh, with this yeah. with the flashlight to make yourself yeah, scarier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, and yeah. so like I'm getting a little spooked just listening um, to this. He, and so and and so suddenly like one day the the, the clouds like like uh, coalesce over over the the castle and this just giant fucking like terrifying like almost like a gnarled hand like ginger like starts growing down from the sky and everybody's like oh shit the boy was right um oh. and then and then there's like this like this incredible battle where they're like like the the boys like we can still stop it we just need to like destroy this root vegetable everybody needs to stop going up and getting giant gold and we have to just we have to destroy this root root vegetable and then and then reach like a diplomatic ceasefire with with the giants and so there's this like super epic battle where he's like maybe earlier on in the in the movie we know that he's like super good with like archery and he's sure, found yeah, out a sure. way he's been like this whole time like devising the system where you can like shoot like magical flaming arrows at the at the root vegetable to like burn it so that it doesn't reach the ground and so like they 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 all listen to him because he was right all along and and so they they execute this like crazy plan where they you know they're they're shooting flaming arrows at the root vegetable and they're and they're like they've got these like kind of steampunk like uh, uh, like like pedal pedal flying machines that they they go up there and they've got like so little to be, 
little little saws that they they saw at it and <laughs> they're able to like dis- they're they're able to in some dramatic fashion that actually like is exciting uh destroy this clear, fruit vegetable Will, go on this epic epic battle i think you used that phrase a couple times yeah they're only battling the root they're only the battling giants. the root they're just keeping the root <laughs> okay. and but like there's occasional cuts to the um <laughs> to the the high wizard who's like oh they're they're attacking my root vegetable i must put magical water on it and stuff like that and so he's like 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 really really trying to like he's putting like like magic miracle grow and stuff yeah he's just like really really trying to juice the giants can't come down until it's fully reached the ground yeah they can't because that's just uh it's not even really explained we just the stakes are are there implicit for whatever reason and then um Uh, yeah i think that i think it's i think it's better that way because basically what the the implication is is that if this root vegetable reaches the ground and the I mean, the, the, the the people just don't stand any chance against an army of giants yeah so it's and, basically yeah yeah sorry go ahead well that's basically we're coming to the end basically like yeah. um they defeat the root vegetable uh, they they decide let's all get along let's just uh, keep keep our uh, our our economies separate like maybe we'll have some like goodwill ambassadors here here now but like we can't have giants on the surface right now we need to like create roads for them so maybe like they they start like some like peace negotiations and some like cohabitation plans or whatever you know uh, for the future and. Um, and yeah, and then and then and then they all live happily ever after, and it's all just one big allegory for climate change. The end. Yes, <laughs> got it. Uh, so, Will, I, I I loved it. Um, I would have just one single recommendation for an extra piece to add on. Sure, sure. Uh, and that extra piece would be that uh, Julie, the Julian Dennison character, would make a friend out of one of the giants. Uh, and that would end up by, like a young giant or like a giant toddler or something. Mm-hmm. And that would end up being the 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 olive branch. Or oh, the yeah. Branch, there could be like, like a second act B plot where he's like, because yeah. like there's giant magic technology and they're like, which like yeah. makes things like there's the giant miracle grow. There's like a bunch of like giant things. And then there's like like the 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 underling technology right which would be like nanotechnology and and so maybe like there's like some outcast giant who's kind of picked on at school that that julian befriends and then they sort of share our technology with one another hot giant lady it could be a hot giant lady too (laughs) yeah there could be i'm not gonna go there anyway so um but but yeah that could be like a a cool b plot for sure i think they should find a way to harness the ginger and make it economically viable. Like maybe they'll become a ginger owl society yeah. from that point on so that they don't need to rely on the giants anymore. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, and there could be like maybe like the final scene, there's like this beautiful garden of like plants growing up and magical plants going down and and they're all kind of like weaved together in in, in happiness. And that's sort of like uh, the symbolism of of the reconciliation between giant and human. And both, yeah, both sides can eat of it and be happy in yeah. their in their communal yeah health, they've gotten over capitalism and they're just they're living Beautiful. a happy agrarian socialist society well i'm gonna start my slow clap again thank you well that was beautiful thank you lovely lovely and and uh poignant Mm-hmm. Yeah, dare I say three of our strongest pitches ever. Yeah, seriously. Perhaps. Perhaps. And one of these days... Oh, wait. We already... Did we ever record an episode when all three of us were in the same place? No. No. We've not done that. It's, We've it's, it's all been in the same place but... a few times since this podcast began, but... Someday we will. One day we will. Well, what are we doing next week, fellas? Boy, that's something we could have decided on beforehand. What if we, uh, what if we, uh, is it too soon to dip the toe back into the horror genre? I guess that was pretty recent. Yeah, we had a spooky spooky episode, like four episodes ago. I just, I want, I want to, eventually we need to hear Will's take on that, because Will is a big horror fan, as am I, whereas Luke is not. So I felt bad for leaving him out of that app. What do you think, guys? Hmm. 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 
Mm. You know what we're going to do? Mission Impossible. Oh, shit. We could do Mission Impossible. You know what? We're going to choose... We're gonna we're gonna put this out as uh, a uh, a social media connection, social media subscribers <laughs> or emailers. If literally anybody votes between Mission Impossible and Biopic, oh. you can make the deciding call on which right. one you want to do. I'm gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm just gonna do this right now. I'm gonna I'm gonna put out the. Uh... I'm gonna put out the I'm going, poll on Twitter. I am going to guess that if literally anybody voted, they would choose Mission Impossible. So if you want to stop us from doing a biopic episode, you gotta engage with us on social media. On, on, on this is biopic like, will be the default. What should we do? If we don't get any votes, or you can email us too as a way of voting. That's info at pitchhunt.org. Or one of our names, Jacob at pitchhunt.org, Luke at pitchhunt.org, or Will at pitchhunt.org. And where where would you find that social media poll that you're about to put up, Willie? Uh, on Twitter at pitch underscore hunt. There you go. Go ahead and vote. Uh, there will be no voter registration process. We will not be vetting any of these votes. So tell as many people as you want to. People in other countries can vote on this. Anybody can vote on it. We'd love to get at but least no, one vote. <laughs> no voter fraud. Vote once only, please. Yeah. And uh, not under aliases. I, I'm fine with people voting under aliases, to be perfectly honest with you. This is going to be a dirty election. I'd just like for there <laughs> to be at least one vote. All right. We, we need to get serious about, about spreading the word about this podcast. <laughs> none, of, none of the three of us is much of a marketer. So, yeah, there you go. There you go. An unplanned media blitz. All right, everybody, stay pitchy. Thanks for your votes. We love you, and only you can stop the next episode from being a biopic episode, which is something (laughs) we've been talking about doing for a really long time, but have thought that would be too boring. All right. We love you. We love you. We love you. Stay pitchy. (laughs) Bye-bye.